been touched by hearing from these, these young men. Appreciate what God's doing in their hearts and their life. I appreciate men of God and people that invested in my life as a young man. It's good for us to see God doing something in these young lives. I tell you, every one of these young men, well-spoken, uh, just declared plainly what God had done in their heart, and I, I think that'll be a help to a lot of folks. And uh, we sure appreciate these testimonies. Well, let's open our Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tonight. Again, I'll try to be mindful of the time. I know we want to give our attention at the end of the service to observing the Lord's table. Uh, Brother Knopfsinger and Brother Stevens will come and take care of the table. And our deacons will ask at the end of the service, after the invitation, if you'll come down uh, front to administer the Lord's table tonight. We'll do that at the end of the service. As you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, there was a few things I needed to say tonight in regards to next week, and I know uh, it's out there looming on everybody's mind, this vote on May 7th, and uh, I was kind of determined not to use the pulpit as a soapbox for me to try to promote or try to say something of uh, for or about myself. That's not at all what I want to do tonight. I was asked by one of our men uh, when the pulpit committee put my name forward, um, and they I, I know they didn't do this intentionally. Uh, we had talked personally with them about my wife and my children, their mindset about all this and, and what they thought, and that uh, through the pulpit committee's testimonies really wasn't portrayed about what we had discussed about my family and uh, my wife, Jennifer, I call her my better seven-eighths instead of my better half, amen. She's a lot more than half, amen. But uh, she has, throughout our marriage, been 150% behind whatever the Lord's leading us to do. And uh, supportive in every twist and turn in our lives for the glory of God, whether it was... Uh, being an assistant pastor and moving to Virginia to do that and later being a pastor there or whether it was even packing up our things and moving overseas to a foreign country to go to Denmark. Uh, she was 100% on board. Probably uh, she out of all the family was hardest to get back from Denmark. Amen. She, was, she loved it over there. And uh, she has been 100% supportive of what God wants in our life, and she's no different about this. Uh, Jennifer Suttle has been, when I pastored in Virginia, a pastor's wife and a wonderful one at that. And I can't say anything but high words of praise about my wife, and I think she'll do wonderful uh, in that position. Um, she does want to make sure I'm doing the will of God. And uh, I can't blame her for that. And uh, as long as I'm following God's will, she's, she's on board. Amen. I think my children feel the same way. And uh, you can observe and speak to them and ask them anything you want to. 
And uh, they want dad and mom to be involved where God wants them to be involved. Amen. And they're supportive of us as well. And uh, uh, I think the pulpit committee and others, the deacons, uh, they're concerned about me having a younger family and and uh, the pressures that are put on by this ministry and the largeness of it. And we've talked about that, that uh, one man can't do all this. And we understand that. We will have time for our family. We will. Uh, I've told the pulpit committee, I, I, I love to do ministry with my family and let them get involved with me. So we've, we've talked about all those things and uh, addressed those concerns. Uh, also, I think through this process, and I, I briefly want to say this before we get in the message, I have not approached this flippantly with the pulpit committee considering my name. After Brother Logan's resignation, up till that point, it wasn't in my place to say, well, what if he resigns, will you? Uh, God had, had to shift some gears in my heart after his resignation. And I've been very prayerful about pursuing what God wants. And through that, I, I think maybe it was lost in translation. Well, maybe some perceive me having a flippant, happy-go-lucky attitude. Well, if it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. No, I've been prayerful about all this. And I do believe the Lord has led this way. I do believe the Lord has prepared my heart. I do believe that this is the way the Lord's leading. And I don't think up till this point, maybe some have perceived that prayerful backdrop to my, being, my name being put out there. And I want you to know, church, I have prayed about this and I have allowed the pulpit committee to put my name forward. And we've all been praying together, amen? seeking the Lord's will, and I, I just didn't want that to get lost in translation before next week. I wanted you to know my heart about all this, okay? All right, enough said. Amen. And I hope nobody perceives me trying to politic because that's not what I'm doing. I just, uh, by request of some others, requested I say something to that degree tonight uh, just to let folks know where we stand as a family, okay? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, amen. Let's get to the Bible, amen. I, I do appreciate the church's focus through all this. Our minds and hearts needs to be beyond this situation. It needs to be on the Lord, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I trust that's the heart of everyone here, that we keep our eyes on the Lord, amen. We keep our eyes on him. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to read a few verses. Uh, verse number 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Father, we love you. Thank you for the privilege to preach your word. We pray you would help us tonight to honor you. Help us, Lord, to get our minds upon all that may be circling around. I pray you would help us to get our minds upon your word, upon you tonight. Lord, help our hearts together as we look at the Bible and we'll give you the thanks and the praise, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you will recall those uh, few weeks and maybe even a month ago, I began a series of messages I preached on a Sunday morning on the natural man. How many remember? I, I probably shouldn't ask. How many remember that? I can't half remember what I've preached, amen. I shouldn't expect you to. But the natural man uh, was that unsaved person who has never received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, never been born again, never been saved. The Bible differentiates between a natural man and a spiritual man at the end of chapter number 2. That spiritual man is that one who has the Spirit of God living on the inside. Amen. A spiritual man. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. How many say amen to that? A spiritual man has the Spirit of God living on the inside. Now, at the beginning of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, the Bible tells the difference between a carnal man and a spiritual man. That carnal man, although saved, has an appetite for the flesh and the world. Whereas a spiritual man who is saved is guided by the Spirit of God. There's a great verse in the Bible I think illustrates a spiritual man. And one little small verse in the Bible, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 25. Let's look at it together real quick. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 25. The Bible makes a distinction with two things in this verse. Galatians 5, verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is the fact that you are born again you are a child of God, not a natural man, but you have been saved. You're in the family of God. You're living in the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God lives in you as the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You see that? And the Bible says if you live in the Spirit daily, you also should walk in the Spirit. Amen. Every day you're being guided by the Spirit of God. 
You live in the Spirit, then you also should walk in the Spirit. That is being saved, and then that's daily living a Spirit-filled life, a spiritual life. I'm telling you, we need more spiritual-minded people. As Christians, you can be carnal, you can be fleshly, you can be worldly, but we need God's people to be spiritual. We need spiritually-minded believers. Now, I preached two messages, and, and here I'm challenging your memory again. I was really shocked and impressed to see all the hands that were raised the first time. I preached two messages on two Sunday nights on a spiritual man. And if you'll remember, I got to the end of the second one. I said, there's no way I'm going to finish this. I got to preach a third one sometime. Well, guess what? This is that third message on a spiritual man tonight. The first two messages, we talked about a spiritual man, first of all, is saved. He possesses the spirit of Christ that lives on the inside. He is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That is the spirit of faith born again. The second thing about a spiritual man is he's scriptural. He is in the Bible. He is guided by the Spirit in the truth of God. That is the Spirit of truth. He's a scriptural individual. A third characteristic of a spiritual man, we've already preached on these things, he is a sensitive man, not in the fact he's all touchy and feely about everything, but the fact that he is considerate of the needs of others, ye which are spiritual restore such a one. Amen. The spirit of meekness. And of course, that is the spirit of meekness. Okay. Being sensitive to the needs of others. Number four, a spiritual man is a sanctified man. Being a clean vessel for the Lord's use. Amen. A vessel unto honor. That's a sanctified man. That's the spirit of holiness. We need to be a holy people. Amen. Amen. A spiritual man is also selective. Hebrews chapter 5, he's choosing right from wrong. He's judging righteously. He's having the right type of discernment and judgment about decisions he makes. That's a spiritual-minded man, and that's the spirit of discernment. Now, tonight, I'm going to pick up the last part of this message. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, if you will. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. The Bible says, as you find your place, Ephesians 5, verse number 18... And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. There's a point to be made about this text, and if I don't make this point, I think oftentimes people try to twist and misjudge even what the verse is talking about. The emphasis is on the filling of the Spirit. The anti-illustration is being drunk with wine. Here the word excess is used in contrast to how much we should be filled with the Spirit as a person in the 
in the world is drunk with wine wherein is excess, you and I should be filled with the Spirit to excess. Amen. The emphasis on excess is not to allow for a little social drinking. If you lift alcohol to your lips, that is wickedness in the sight of Almighty God. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. The Bible tells you in Proverbs not to even look at it. If I'm in a grocery store, I won't even go down that aisle. Man, I'll turn and go another way. You say it'll take longer. Well, good. Amen. Don't even look at the junk. Amen. Stay away from it. We don't need social drinkers in the church house. Amen. Don't put that substance to your lips, and by all means, don't be guilty putting it to somebody else's lips. Amen. Stay away from it. Again, the emphasis here on being filled with the Spirit, and look what that produces in verse number 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you know what being filled with the Spirit, being a spiritual-minded individual, produces in your heart? It produces speaking and singing from the Word of God. You see a Christian with a song on their heart, it's probably a good evidence that they have been filled with the Spirit and the Spirit of God is just expressing itself through their song. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. I'm, I'm moving along through this. Colossians chapter 3. The Bible says in verse number 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The being filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5, produce that within your own heart. Admonishing, you're supposed to be doing that within your own heart, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. But in verse number 16, this is admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Do you know what I see there? That if you get the right things in your heart and be a spiritual individual, it more than likely will spill over and help somebody else. How many of you all were helped by these young men that gave a testimony tonight? Amen. I think what God did for them this week kind of spilled over there a little bit. Amen. We need to be spiritual people that we have the right type of music, not this old secular bebop. Amen. It may even have Christian lyrics to it. If it's making your flesh happy, it's probably not doing a whole lot for your heart. I'm talking about spiritual stuff that honors the Lord and uplifts Jesus, amen, and God's doing something in your heart, it might spill over on somebody else. 
I'm talking about being a spiritual-minded Christian. Psalm 126. Psalm 126. This, this whole point is about a spiritual-minded man is speaking and singing in his heart. Listen, that's going to do something for somebody else. Here's an example of that. Psalm 126, verse number 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. I tell you, hasn't God been so good to us? Sometimes we'd close our eyes and think we're in the middle of a dream or something. Amen. Verse 2, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. You know, God was doing such a work in their hearts and they were rejoicing. The world was, the secular world was looking at them among the heathen and saying, boy, the Lord's sure been good to them. Amen. When's the last time you got excited in the Lord and maybe it spilled over at work among your coworkers and they just saw the goodness of God just oozing out, Amen. And the world said, boy, the Lord must be good to them. But then, verse 3, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Not only did the world see that God had been doing some great things, but it was true of their own testimony that God sure has been good. That's being spiritually minded. When you get your heart on God and off of yourself, when you get your heart on what God's done in your life instead of all the trouble. When you get your, when you get your eyes upon the Lord, amen, and that joy just starts to overflow. That's a spiritually minded person. Tabernacle, I rejoice tonight during the song service. Dr. Aiken singing that song, When the Sun Comes Up in the Morning, all that. I tell you, God was stirring my heart. I thank God for speaking and singing in, in our hearts. What a blessing. That's the spirit as mentioned in those verses of admonition. Admonition. That's to counsel against wrong practice, to caution or advise, to instruct or direct. And I'm glad for spirit-filled music, spirit-filled words that challenge my heart to get closer to God. That's spiritually minded. Now the last thing, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. A spiritual man is saved, scriptural, sensitive to the needs of others, sanctified, a vessel unto honor, selective in making decisions and having discernment, in speaking and singing spiritual songs. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. The Bible says of this, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. I preached on that a good while Wednesday night about loving one another in the church. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's a spiritually minded person. But, 
If you bite and devour one another, that's cannibalism. <laughs> Don't bite one another. Don't devour one another. Take heed that ye be not consumed. By the way, I should say spiritual cannibalism. Amen. Take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. You know what the opposite is of devouring one another? Walking in the Spirit. Do you know you can't walk in the Spirit and bite and devour one another? That just don't go together. If you're biting and devouring one another, you're probably in the flesh. You're probably living in a carnal mind instead of a spiritual mind. Listen, if you go home and just chew up the brethren up one side and down the other and call them everything, naming the book and talk bad about them and speak ugly of the, the preacher or Sunday school teacher or, or worker that works alongside of you in church, if you can do that, listen, you are not spiritually minded. Amen. Boy, I stuck the plow in a little bit there, didn't I? Amen. We need that. We need preaching like that. Amen. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. Of course, they're listed in verse 19 and following. Works of the flesh, and here's, here's the Spirit, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. You don't have to have laws govern love, joy, peace in somebody's heart, long-suffering, gentleness. Those are all things you don't have to have laws to restrain people's behavior because all that's good stuff from God. Amen? Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. The last point is this about a Spirit-filled individual. It's the matter of showing. Showing. If you're filled with the Spirit it will begin to show outwardly. We're expecting, and I've already made reference to this and probably will several times more, we're expecting a grandbaby in October. And an expectant mother, at some point along through that time, we say, it this way she begins to show what is taking place on the inside of that womb begins to show outwardly that baby bump or whatever term is used to refer to that lady showing that she is expecting Listen, I believe if you get filled with the Spirit of God and you're a spiritually minded individual, it's going to show. It's going to work its way out. Amen. And here we have the fruit of the Spirit. This is the Spirit of fruitfulness. The Spirit of God, 
His fruit is manifest. And by the way, it's fruit singular, not fruits, plural. There's nine of them characteristics mentioned, but it is the fruit of the Spirit. It's a package deal, amen. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, if you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, amen, you get all nine at one time. The Spirit of God, if I could, without being irreverent or disrespectful, the Spirit of God oozing out of you, amen. The Bible tells us in verse 13, by love serve one another. Verse uh, number 18, that we should be led of the Spirit. Verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. If you're saved, it ought to show it ought to show on us. Love, joy, peace, that's inward. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, that's outward. Faith, meekness, being that uh, mildness and gentleness, submission to the divine will, that's an attitude of the heart toward God. Temperance, moderation, regard to natural appetites and passions. We shouldn't have a passion, appetite for this world. It should be an appetite for God. Those last three are upward. Faith, meekness, temperance toward God. Inward, outward, upward, amen. If you're spiritual, it ought to show on you. Let me look at one verse, and I have more, but let me just close with this. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I'll, I'll end with this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If God's delivered you from darkness into his marvelous light, there ought to be some things showing forth, shining forth from your life. That's being spiritual. Amen. I know there's probably a hundred other things that could be said about a spiritual man, but there's about seven things I've been preaching on these three messages of how the spiritual man ought to be a spiritually minded individual and have all that coming forth from his life. Amen. Church, we need to be spiritual. We need to be spiritual. Amen. Let's bow our heads, please, for prayer. I know there's been a lot of testimonies, there's been a lot of singing, there's been a lot of things that have been said from a lot of different angles tonight, and uh, God knows your heart. Church, we need to be spiritual, amen? Spiritually minded, not carnal, not fleshly, not of this world. We need to be a spiritually minded people. If God spoke to your heart in any way through this service, please feel free to come and pray. We need to exercise ourselves on this altar. This is a serious time. This is a serious place. And if God's nudged your heart, don't, don't resist the Lord. Amen. You come and seek the Lord and get help from God tonight. Amen. Maybe somebody not saved, still natural man, somebody that's never trusted Christ. If you need the Lord, please come. Maybe a sin in your life. God just really hammered home tonight in your life and you need to get that thing right with God. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Let God, let God help you tonight. Amen.
Amen. Several coming to pray. Brother Stevens, you picked out a song for us. Why don't you sing for us, my brother? Jesus, keep me near the cross. Amen. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain in the cross. In the cross be my glory ever Till my raptured soul shall find Rest beyond the river Near the cross, O Lamb of God Bring it saints before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadows o'er me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross I'll watch and wait, open, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand. Just beyond the river, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my ransom soul shall find rest beyond the river. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time again to be at church. Thank you for the opportunity to worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ in spirit and in truth. Lord, thank you for your word that uh, helps us, Lord, convicts us. Lord, just uh, Lord keeps us in the right way. And Lord, I pray that uh, the words that's been said tonight from your, your Bible would be a help and a blessing to these hearts. Lord, as we uh, go further tonight and observe your table, I pray that people's hearts would be clean and right and pure and observed in all purity this serious time and observation together of your death till you come. Lord, I pray that you would bless and help uh, in this observation tonight, this ordinance of the church. And we'll thank you and we praise you. For what you do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, at this time, uh, of course, anyone that feels like you would 